minutes or so from now and the late game tonight is in England it's Norwich against Leicester so plenty coming up don't forget you can get hold of us you can SMS 41391 is the SMS number 41391 if there's something that you want to add to the conversation or a question you want to ask that's a good way to do it it's going to cost you 1 round 50 if you SMS though 41391 and the WhatsApp is always open as well 0614 104-107. You should have that saved already. 0614-104-107. You can get involved in the conversation. Any questions you want to ask our guests? Refill Wet Modicilla is next. Some tunes though, please, Sylvester.
sings the song I'm a victim Cindy no Cindy ah oh, I've forgotten it now Candy Staten that's right of course I'm a victim it's 14 minutes to 8 you're with SAFM John in for off the pitch today uh, I have an actress in front of me Modicile. <laughs> I've had a model Jennifer earlier now I've got an actress Ironically, both. I'm both. You're a model as well? Yeah, my claim to fame is that I'm Africa's first successful model with albinism. So that was my claim to fame. When was that? That was not too long ago. What are you talking about not too long ago? That was like in 1999. Oh, okay. I'm getting getting old. (laughs) That was in 1999, but officially acknowledged in the year 2013. There we go. 2012, actually. 2012. That's just the other day. Yeah, we were talking about this yeah. the other day. Like, like um, Nirvana's Nevermind is 30 years old now. You know, it's quite sad when you realise. Uh, Rafila, thanks for coming in. Thanks, John. Thanks uh, for having me. Tell us about White Gold. Well, White Gold is an international short film shot by a filmmaker by the name of Luke Bradford. Luke mm-hmm. Bradford is award-winning. He's done actually the British series called Marcella. So. Um, amongst other, you know, work that he's done. So he's done a short film called White Gold, which is essentially about Mansa. And Mansa is a woman from the village who has her arm hacked off. And um, purely because of the whole myths and misconceptions around albinism. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, Mansa goes through that and she's robbed of her livelihood, her, her, you know, her being and every aspect of her. But the catch in it is that she gets her father to help her take vengeance against the witch doctor who did this to her, who is oh. Natron. Okay. So, so what kind of movie? Is it? it sounds like an action movie. <laughs> it is like a part action movie. Action. It is, it is drama action, movie. drama Excellent. action. It, it does have some action in it. Do you have to act with one arm? Yeah. Tell completely. How, how do you like, do that? Completely. So what happened is that I had to learn to use prosthetics. Yeah. Right. Um... 
I had my hand tucked inside my skirt the entire time wow. and clothing obviously covered it, mm. but very well. But also prosthetic arm was put on to make it look obviously like an amputated arm and so forth. That's so it, it was difficult. It, <laughs> it was very hard because it takes me out of my own complete being to being this person that's mm. like not able to use one arm and literally on set, this is who I was. Obviously, getting into character and maintaining that throughout the entire time. So it was it was tough. It wasn't easy, and also just the reality of being that person. Let's talk about the the albinism side. That's part of the story. Sure. Um, did you have did you have that kind of background to to draw upon to the the yeah. being shunned, being ostracized from a community? I mean, there is a there is a similarity in the story, and I think I resonated it quite well. I, I might have not had my arm hacked off but I mm. do understand the discrimination I do understand the prejudice I do understand the pain and the emotional turmoil that happens with you know um, somewhere somehow fearing for your life and not being given the freedom to be the person who you need to be the unfortunate part is that Mansa goes through the extreme I haven't really been physically through the extreme but emotionally and mentally being in a society that's going, constantly going to judge you and look at you and want <laughs> Some type of, you know, understanding of who you are. Not even understanding sometimes because they, they t tend to shun people like myself. But there is a similarity, not the extremity sure. of it, but the understanding of, of a person with albinism, yeah. living with albinism. Um, I guess I had the better side of the story because South Africa is a liberal country. Tanzania, Mozambique, mm. um, uh, let me see, where else? Malawi are not so liberal. You know, um, they're countries that are very rife in terms of this this uh, horrendous practice. This is based on a true story. Or, yeah, it is. Based it on is. true stories. No, no, no. It is based story. on a true story. Wow. So essentially what happened is that Luke Bradford, um, who's the director and the writer of the film, he was in Tanzania and he met a lady um, who he had a, a, I think her name was Miriam, but he had a conversation with her and she had her arm hacked off. Mm. And essentially, I think that's where he drew inspiration from her story. Not not like entirely, like completely her story, mm. but obviously as an inspiration. And he, he ran with it. I mean, it touched him as well. Something hit him hard for him to find a sense of education and awareness of activism um, because of this. Uh, he, he says here there's an emotional level that the character has to reach in the film. And I think this is what you were touching on. Yeah. Uh, a lot of actors yeah. would find difficult to reach. Yeah. He saw your audition True. and said... You can do this. Yeah. Where we've spoken about this, but was it was it a difficult thing to do to have to to find that dark place? To find the dark place is a very difficult thing to do because you literally need to draw up every dirt from your own life. You need to go back to a very very extremely dark place in your own life or experiences and bring that out completely. Mm. Now, for me, the the the, the tricky part as well was that um, we had like family festivities at the time. My sister was getting married. There oh, were two no. wedding ceremonies. There was a baby shower. And here I was Sorry. shooting this. I need you to just take a quick break. Sorry, I uh, didn't realize there's an advert that we're going right. to take. So I've got to take an ad break now. John In studio with Rafilwe Modicela here on SAFM. White Gold is the full model actress Rafilwe is in studio. Good to have you along again. Um, it's interesting. We were talking about the audition tape and how yeah, you, you yeah, had to yeah. find from something. Yeah. He, he says uh, on, on the audition tape, she gave me goosebumps watching her audition tape. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into being an actress. <laughs> and I, I, I try to be an actor once and I... <laughs> 
I just and you failed, right? I can't do it. I, don't, I had a great life. It's like, all right, cry. And it's like, I don't. Yeah. You know what? I think with me, what happened is the modeling kind of lets you get into character, right? Because being a model, you're not entirely always yourself. To a certain degree, you are expected to be something that you're not at that point so right. that you can fulfill something. So I think what happened is that my modeling gradually translated into, you know, the acting part of it um, because there are certain disciplines which marry each other. But also the acting, I think, might have also started from high school uh, where I did where I tried to take drama classes. Well, the drama classes didn't last long, not because there was anything wrong with me, but because the subject wasn't there entirely the entire time. But right. yeah, started just diving into different things, generations when it was not the legacy. <laughs> um, Czech Coast. Uh, I did an international series actually called Of Kings and Prophets. Uh, which played on the NBC network but was pulled off. Mm. You know, politics behind that. Um, so I've done stints here and there, but this is my first international uh, lead role. With all the stigma attached around albinism, why get out there? Why put yourself on a place where you yeah. are going to be attacked? Because it has been my life course. I used my career as a form of activism in terms of creating the awareness. And this is just another part of it, you know, branching out altogether. Mm. It's like another another division of myself, which is just branching itself out as an activist and as a teacher. So it's not to say that it was something new. It's just that now I'm tackling it differently on a more face-on level, you know, in terms of creating that awareness and be more upfront in your face to say that, hey, you know, on a bigger scale. And I mean, ordinarily, I, I, I actually don't take albinism stories because I don't like the way media always stereotypically mm. puts it, you know. Um, it sometimes feels very uneasy for me, but I love the way Luke put the story together. Um, there was a lady that we met in the States, actually. She's a guardian of two kids with albinism who are under asylum at the moment mm. the one who had the leg chopped off uh, the one child had leg chopped off what is it sorry I just, what is it about the chopping off the limbs i don't understand well the myth behind that is that if you chop a person with uh, if you chop the limbs of a person with albinism or their body parts mm. um they have like magical powers or so forth so that is used for uh, m- it's medicine, like sure, sure. obviously yeah. in, in vernacular, immunity. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, so that's what it's used for. It's believed that there is magical powers. It's twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying we're supposed know, to have right? flying cars and things. I know, right? But the problem is that education. You know, education is there's a lack thereof. Mm. Education. Uh, the funny thing is when we were in LA, I had a lot of American people saying, is this a real thing? Like, we didn't even know that this actually exists. And it's right. like, yeah, this is something that happens. It's You have hundreds of people getting killed, you know, in, in, in this, you know, attacks, whether it's getting killed or attacks. There are hundreds who have succumbed to this. Uh, I want to come back to the disability thing because that's now not only is it uh, mentally sure. taxing, uh, the physical thing as well. You had to put yourself into that space. Did you talk sure. to people with disabilities? Ironically, I think um, my life has always kind of been surrounded with people with who are challenged physically, mm. you know, I'm in different spaces because sometimes albinism puts you in that space right? Uh, because you've got to relate in some way, shape or form. And I've, yeah, I've been surrounded. I mean, I didn't have to go and research somebody like that. I think all my life I've been surrounded 
by different people that have been able to grasp what their experience is or what it would be like. So, but also as well, just I think using your spirit of discernment, you would have to kind of also use your own logic and your own wisdom as well to be able to portray certain sure. things. But I think my fortunate part is that I surround myself with all types of people. So I'm very cognizant of the experiences and, you know, what they go through. You're more politically correct than I was in that terming as well. Oh, just, listen, just you have to be. Saying. It's like a person saying <laughs> albino and I'm like, no, yeah, I, I said that earlier and I realized. I said that earlier and I realized I made a big mistake, so I apologize. No, it's just. okay. Somebody okay. has albinism, is that correct? Yeah, it's a, it's a person with albinism because albino was likened to plants and animals. So when you say uh-huh. albino, it's like taking the humanness right. yeah. out of a person. And there's a stigma that's attached for so long. Rather, let people identify with the condition and not who they are. Makes sense. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, what's next for Rafil with it? Next is probably Besides going, going to, to the be... Oscars next year. <laughs> Uh, Besides the Oscars next year, yes, darlings. Um, Definitely, I think there's more acting work for me uh, because this is the year, I think, where I break through more in the acting space. Mm -hmm. Modeling kind of sort of died, you know. Um, Speaking, that's definitely still a thing. Activism is always a constant Mm. thing. Emceeing, I'm growing day by day. Um, and as well as what else? I'm a voice artist, so that's always also been a thing. Mm-hmm. I think more than anything, the acting is 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 my bigger focus. You're gonna leave this the country. Year. Are you gonna leave us and go and do a Charlie's there? <clears throat> Ma'am, <laughs> where do I where do I even begin? Oh no, you can do. You know where do I even begin when it comes <laughs> to that? You know there there are maybe aspirations, but I don't think I really want to live the Hollywood dream. Right. Um, yeah, the Hollywood dream is, 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 is too, I don't want to say it's too big for me, but it's, everybody wants to do that. You right. know, for me, I want to be a global icon. So okay. I think that's, that's more of it. Uh, I'd love to leave the country. I'll be very honest because the sad part is that I feel like I'm not appreciated in this country. Mm. I feel like when I step out is more where people appreciate what I do. Uh, I was going to say, and it's, it's the sad thing is this yeah. is a UK director. Who's had to put it together, yeah. right? Written by a UK. Yep. There's so yep. many South African stories that yep. South Africans should be writing. And I, I think there have been a few. Sure. But, yeah, it's, I mean, hopefully you'll take your experience and, and bring that to our people. Sure. Well. But also another thing is just, you know, representation as well. If we learn to be a lot more diverse in what we see here in this country and explore it fully, mm. then we'd be open to so much. Unfortunately, the rest of the world has to take our own in order for for, for us to be appreciated before our own country does, mm. yeah. which is like the saddest thing ever. But I've made peace with it. I really, really, really have. Phil, where can we find you on the social medias, please? Social media at Insta, on Instagram at Rifilwe Mudisele, R-E-F-I-L-W-E-M-O-D-I-S-E-L-L-E. Mm-hmm. And um, Twitter at Vanilla Black, Q with the end, so not C. Okay, with the Q, right. Vanilla Black. And Facebook is Refile Vanilla Black. Do a search for you. You're everywhere. Listen, Google me, darling. You're everywhere. Google me. Refile with Modicilla, thank you very much for coming in. The film is White Gold. You can see it on YouTube, right? Yeah. You can go see it on right. Yeah, they can see it on YouTube, uh, IMDB. They can see it on Vimeo. Okay, so go do a so search. So not the film, but just the trailer. At least, yeah, get the details. Well, the film's not available. White Gold. Yeah. Go search for White Gold. You are with SAFM. It's one minute past eight. Time for the news.